0: Hey, my name is Pastor Taylor. If we haven't had the chance to meet, everyone look at me and say, hi, Pastor Taylor. Uh, I am 24 years old and I like to party. Turn to your neighbor and and introduce yourself. Say, hi, I'm, and then say your name and say, I like to party. Raise your hand if you are a party animal. Raise your hand, raise your hand. (laughs) Liars. All y'all go to sleep by 9 o'clock. Y'all capping. You too busy playing Call of Duty to be a party animal. So, we're gonna have some fun tonight. Hey, uh, I wanna take a moment. Can we welcome our first time guests? Can y'all put your hands together? Come on, y'all make some noise for them. Come on. Ooh, ooh. Hey, if it's your first time tonight, we are so glad that you are here. And uh, tonight we're actually giving away. Uh, we were supposed to pull it out, but we didn't pull it out. But that over there is a 130 pound, 82 inch TV. That we are giving away tonight to the person who brings the, who brought the most first-time guests throughout the month. So if y'all brought a first-time guest, you have a shot at that. Um, if you brought your imaginary friend, you do not have a good shot at that. So, um, but we're, we're excited for tonight. Um, tonight we're in a series called Lost and Found. Look to your neighbor and say, Lost and Found. How many of y'all have ever looked through a lost and found before? Raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand, right? You find some weird stuff in a lost and found. Can I get an amen from somebody, right? Right? The lost and found is not a place you want to spend a lot of time. There could be weird stuff. It could be smelly stuff. It could be dirty stuff. Right? Like, lost and found is not exactly a place where you would love to be or love to find stuff. But in the lost and found, there's also a lot of excitement. Right? Like, if you lost your favorite, like, if you lost your AirPods. Right? How many of y'all have lost an AirPod before? Raise your hand. Tell the truth. Shame the devil. Right? When you lose something like that, you suddenly are like looking all over the place for it. You're like, I wish it was bigger, right? Suddenly the thing where you loved how it's this big and then you lose it and you can't find it and Apple's going to charge you $145 for a replacement or just buy a new one for $152, right? You're like, dang it, like it's it's this way or that way. But lost and found can be a good thing. But I want to ask this. How many of y'all were champion hide-and-seek players? Let me see, let me see, let me see. How many of y'all were really bad at hide-and-seek? Raise your hand. Come on. It's okay. It's okay. You're like, you're like, oh, no, don't find me, right? Like, you know, the kids who hide behind the lamp, right? And you're like, I can totally see you, right? Or they hide behind the drapes, and they're like, I can totally still see you, right? But I remember there's a version of hide-and-seek that I love more than any other hide-and-seek, and it's hide-and-seek in the dark. How many of y'all have ever played hide-and-seek in the dark? Okay. So, uh, the reason why I think I like hide-and-seek in the dark so much is because just as likely as you are to be found, you are as likely to slip and fall and potentially hurt yourself, right? Like, that's what I love about it. I love that at any point in time, you can be playing hide-and-seek and and just turning the lights out suddenly makes it like you're literally in the Hunger Games. That's what it feels like. It feels like this is my chance. I might die here, right? Right? But I remember playing hide and seek, and there was a friend of mine, and we were playing in a house, and we were playing, and this friend, um, his name is David, Uh, you guys don't know him, it's not David from the worship team, it's a different David, but he decided that he was going to hide on top of the refrigerator, okay, okay. Now, one of the things that I didn't know, and maybe some of y'all are smarter than me, I didn't know that fridges have a a high likelihood once they're full of stuff, if there's weight placed on the top of them, to tip over. So you'd have to imagine we're playing hide-and-seek in the dark, David has like like a ninja climbed up on top of the fridge and is like, it's in the dark. So I don't know what the goal was of hiding on top of the fridge. Like you could have just stood still and people walk right past you, right? But he climbs up there. We're all hiding. And next thing you know, we hear a refrigerator that is full of stuff, tip over, slam on the kitchen floor. But we're so committed to the game because, you know, don't hate the player. Hate the game, yo, Right? We are so committed, none of us move. (laughs) We're like, it's a trap. (laughs) They made that noise trying to draw us out of our hiding spot. Do not leave. The game went for another hour plus, and David found a second hiding spot after he fell off the top of the fridge, found another hiding spot. But we love hide-and-seek. How many of y'all love hide-and-seek, right? Like, we don't play it enough, right? But here's the thing. There's this really, um, we're all really bad at hide-and-seek when it comes to one person, and that person is Jesus, Um, Jesus and you, um, we as humans love to play hide and seek with God. Um, Can I tell you, you're really bad at it. You're really bad at it. You're like, oh, no, God of the universe, all-knowing, all-seeing, who's outside of time, don't see me. I'm hiding in my closet, right? Like, like, suddenly you think, like, like, we love to hide from God, but God literally can see it all, and God isn't, um, isn't like, oh, my gosh, where did this person go? Oh, my gosh, where did Matt go? I have no idea. He disappeared. I don't know where he went. The reason why we love to play hide-and-seek or we choose to play hide-and-seek with God is because we get scared of him. Right? We get a little nervous sometimes around God. We're like, oh, God, you're so holy, you're so big, you're so powerful. But I am not. I'm messed up, I'm broken, and we love to play. Uh, we, we don't love to play, but we have been playing hide-and-seek with God since the beginning of time. And I'll prove it to you. Uh, I'm going to jump into my Bible. Um, your Bible is a phenomenal tool to have in your life. It's more than a tool. It is a light. It is a lamp to our feet. When you're going through something hard, uh, you don't need to go to YouTube and ask for, hey, Hey, comfort, you don't need to go to a, uh, 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 a group chat. Um, those are all good things, um, but they're not God things. Hello. Those are all good things, but they're not God things. And if you have a hurt in your heart, I promise you the distraction of that Netflix, hello. The distraction of that boyfriend, hello. That distraction of that girlfriend, the distraction of that relationship who will just text you whenever you want is not really going to solve what's deep in your heart. That's free. That has nothing to do with what we're talking about tonight, but we that's just free. That's extra. But I want to see how many of y'all brought your Bibles tonight. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Woo! All right, all right, all right. Uh, church is a okay place to bring your Bible. Somebody say, duh. Don't don't bring your Bible to the DMV unless you're planning on hitting that lady because she's taking so long, right? No, don't hit, don't hit DMV ladies. Don't do that. So. But I'm telling you, the Bible's the church is a great place to bring your Bible, but I'm gonna jump in. Genesis 3.8. I'm proving to you that we have been playing hide and seek with God from the beginning, okay? Genesis 3.8 says, When the cool evening breezes were blowing, how many of y'all love when Arizona finally cools off? Can I get an amen, right? When the cool evening breezes were blowing, right? I'm like, ooh, is this romantic? Are they about to go on a picnic? No, they're hiding from God because of sin. Hello. The man and his wife, this is Adam and Eve, heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. What do you think God's footsteps sound like? Are they like dainty? Does he like... Is it like a Spongebob episode where they're like really light and really, it sounds like a really light, or is it like heavy? Is it like, whoa, you heard him, come, right? Like when you're when you're sleeping in on Saturday and you hear your parents or your mom or somebody like boom, 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 and you're like, oh, my gosh, I've got to get up and start cleaning my room, right? Like that kind of, but Jesus or God is walking through the garden right now and watch what happens. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. They didn't hide because God wasn't going to find him it's not like god's like oh can't find him guess i'll just leave you actually read on in the story and god finds him he's like why are you hiding i knew where you were why are you hiding you're the only two people here there's nowhere to hide i know where you are and they they say they go god we were afraid because we'd messed up and i feel like that's some of where we live our whole lives Some of you have been living in that place that, man, God, I'm so scared. I've just been hiding because I messed up, right? You remember that moment when you break something in the house or you get in trouble or you forget to put the chicken out or there's that moment of fear and you're like, I should just run away. I should just run away and hide. It would be better if I just ran away and died than than to face my mom because I didn't put the trash out, right? Like that kind of moment is what we feel, but sometimes you choose and I choose to live in that place with God, and God doesn't call us to play hide-and-seek. God calls us to be with him. God calls us to, to, be, to be with him. And here's the crazy thing. Hide and seek with God, he always finds you. Doesn't matter how far you've run, he will find you. And that's because he loves you. His love is not like a human's love. It is uncontainable. It doesn't end. There's no bad that you could do that would stop God's love from coming after you. So that's free. Um, but we're going we're gonna to talk about a guy in the Bible. Y'all cool if I, if I jump into a Bible story? Is that cool with y'all? How many of y'all like stories? Y'all like stories or what? Okay. There's some people who like stories. If you don't like stories, what are you doing with your life, right? You're like, no, I prefer textbooks and reading math equations, right? Like, okay, Um, I'm going to pray for you, bro, because you need some help, right? We love stories, right? Some of y'all fall in love with characters, and then you, like, love those characters more than you love your siblings. Hello. Don't make me drop names. I'll drop names, yo. Some of y'all fall in so much love with characters that are fake, right? Hello, right? You fall so in love with characters that are made up because, because they're, they're made up and they've never hurt you. They've never, they've never mistreated you. they've always been, They've always been the same, right? And can I tell you, that person doesn't exist. If you're looking for a boyfriend or a girlfriend who will never change up on you, it doesn't exist. Hello? If you're busted... They busted. <laughs> if you're broken, they're broken, right? And the reason why I tell you that is because the only perfect person you will ever find is Jesus. The only perfect person that you could ever hope to have a relationship with is Jesus. Because he's perfect in every single way. But we're going to jump into a passage of scripture. And his, the, the story that we're reading about tonight is a man named Saul. Somebody say Saul. Saul Saul was a very intelligent man. Uh, how many of y'all feel like you're fairly intelligent? Come on, let me see, let me see, let me see. All right, all the rest of the people that don't feel like they're intelligent, raise your hand, right? I'm, I'm with you there, bro. I'm with you there. Um, I, in high school, I'll just tell you a little bit about Pastor Taylor. Um, I went to high school and I married my high school sweetheart, uh, Erica. She's this redhead sitting here on the front row. But here, let me tell you, let me tell you, I managed to get out of so much homework because of this lady right here. I would just be like, hey, I know you did the English homework. Would you mind just maybe copying it and doing it for me? Right? I was bad. But to make a fair trade, I would do her math homework. Right? Marriage is all about compromise. But if you're not married, don't do somebody else's homework. Okay? We, you, we fought about it a lot. So don't do it, guys. We, I still owe her. She still makes me do homework to make up for all the homework that she did for me. No, she doesn't. So. But there is, there is a man named Saul. He was very intelligent. He was very educated. Um, but here's the thing about Saul. Saul was going after Christians. Somebody say, ooh. He was going after Christians. He was actually not only just persecuting um, men, but he was actually persecuting women and children. And, and not just like we, we don't really understand persecution um, in this context. But what he, what would be equivalent would be hate crimes. He would, literally be, uh, he would literally be isolating them. He would be pursuing them. He would find out where they lived. It would almost be stalker. He would stalk them. He would figure out if they were a Christian. And then he would report them to the authorities. He would actually get them arrested for their faith. And then, draw, and then literally would make them, check this out, walk from whatever city they were in all the way to Jerusalem. So that they could be either crucified, that they could be imprisoned for the rest of their life. That's who Saul is right now. Okay, somebody say bad dude. Bad dude, right? Saul is a not great person. Um, But here's the thing about Saul. Beyond that, he was well-respected in the community, right? People liked Saul. He was educated. Um, He actually was an influencer. How many of y'all know the word influencer, right? Come on, come on. You're like, oh, I'm just a social media influencer. And you're like, you influence the three followers, and two of them are your mom and your grandma, bro. You're not an influencer, Right? And I think the wrestling matches, we want to influence, but here's what, here's what influence really means. Influence is leadership. We get scared of the word leader, but leadership is just influence. So if you want to be an influencer, you really need to learn how to be a leader. And the best leaders lead themselves before they lead others. Hello. But let me tell you about Saul. He, he believed that Christians were lying about Jesus. When they would say Jesus is the son of God, that he'd go liar, 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 pants on fire. And, they, and he believed that that group of Christians was an attack on his personal religion. He literally believed that Christianity was assaulting his faith. His belief system. He, as a, 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 a classically educated um, man in, in Jewish, uh, he believed that Christianity was an attack on his faith. So he said, hey, I'm going to take the fight to you. I'm going to fight you about this faith. You ain't getting away with this. And this is where we're actually going to pick up Paul's story. In Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 9, if you have your Bibles, it's going to be over halfway through Acts chapter 9. And uh, it's it's talking about the conversion of Saul. We'll start in verse 1. Acts chapter 9, I'll give you a little bit to get there. How many of y'all have the Bible on your phones? Big brains, right? Um, But if only you would open that app as often as you open Snapchat. Hello. Maybe you'd be the kind of person that the person you're looking for would want to date if, oh, hello. Maybe you'd make the team you've been wanting to make if you, oh, hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. I love you. If I, if no, if you're, no youth pastor's ever told you I love you, um, when I, when I, when I joke, when I laugh, when I uh, uh, poke a little bit, it's because uh, that's how the Lord invented me. He invented me to challenge, challenge you. Um, if you walk out of here and you're like, "Man, my pastor loved me and never challenged me," that's a miss. I want you to know your pastor is going to challenge you to be the best person that you can be. Um, there's a lot of soft love. There's a nice lot of like, "Oh, come as you are," right? Except if you're a jerk, don't come as you. Are right, like that love doesn't really work. Um, challenging each other to be better, right? Challenging each other to be accountable to the things that we say we are is how we get better. That has nothing to do with what we're talking about tonight. I don't know where I'm going, but Acts chapter 9. Somebody say, Focus, Pastor Taylor. Focus. Acts chapter 9, starting in verse 1. If you're there, say, I'm there. If you're not there, say, Help. Perfect, everyone's there. Acts chapter 9, if you're not there, it's up on the screen. Starting in verse 1, it says, Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. Okay, this isn't like, this isn't like somebody who's angry and leaving a bad review, right? Karen, right? <laughs> this isn't like an angry person online who's like, Oh, man, I'm going to start an angry forum about how much we hate, you know? Ugh. He's literally eager to kill Christians, okay? So he went to the high priest. This is like the, it would be equivalent to the pope in the Catholic. This is somebody who is over, who is high power, who is high ranking. And he says this, he requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way. The way is another word for Christianity in the book of Acts. He found there, he's literally going and he's saying, hey, other church people, will you help me find these Christians so that I can kill them? Okay, hold on, like guys, you don't really understand what this would look like. That would look like somebody coming into your community and going, "Hey, I have a letter from somebody you're supposed to lead, you're supposed to respect, um, and I want your help to help me to help. I want your help so that I can kill some people." That's the kind of story we're in. That's Saul's story. That's where we're at in his story. He requested letters asking them to help. Check this out. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. That's Saul, okay? Saul, right, is a bad dude. Somebody say bad dude. Verse 3, as he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly, somebody say suddenly. Somebody say suddenly. Look to your neighbor and say suddenly. Look to your other neighbor and say suddenly, dog. Look to your other neighbor and say, Suddenly, homie. Right? Suddenly. That's the word for tonight. If you, can't, if you get nothing else, say suddenly. Suddenly. Watch what happens. Suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Verse five, who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus. The one you are persecuting. Verse 6. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. The man with Saul stood speechless. Y'all, could you imagine this happening? You're literally just like driving. A light shines down. You fall out of your car and, and something is talking to you. And all your homies who are in the car are like, right? Like, this is the craziest Chinese, like, this is the craziest Chinese fire drill where you get out of your car, and you run around, and you change all the car seats, right? Like, this is crazy. Something crazy just happened, and he's standing there speechless, for they had heard the sound of someone's voice, but saw no one. Verse 8, Saul picked himself up off the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. Whoa. Y'all, could you imagine, like, out of all your senses, I think sight is the most important. Like, if you can't smell, you suddenly can, like, hey, don't worry, don't worry, guys. I'm going to be the poop pick for your dog, right? Like, I'm going to do that job, right? I'm not going to smell nothing, right? Like, if you can't taste, you suddenly will eat all the healthy foods, right? Can I get an amen from somebody, right? Like, you'll suddenly eat kale. You'll be like, ooh, I love this kale, right? Like, I mean, you'll be sad because you can't ever taste bacon ever again, but... Right, the, the, if you had to lose one sight, if you suddenly stopped being able to hear, right, you're like, right, you suddenly get out of all sorts of stuff, right, you'd learn sign language, and you could totally communicate with a bunch of people, and nobody would ever know, right, but losing your sight, I think, is so different, because suddenly the the the, the biggest way to get into your heart, the biggest way for you to understand things is suddenly shut off, and that's where Saul is at, he lost his sight So his companions led him by the hand to Damascus. Um, Can I tell you this? Um, God loves to suddenly. Now, that's, that, that, that grammatically isn't a correct sentence. God loves to suddenly. Suddenly what, Pastor Taylor? I'm saying that God loves to suddenly do something in your life. God loves to suddenly connect with you. God loves to suddenly stop what you're doing, interrupt your life, and connect with you in a way that changes everything. God loves to suddenly take you from where you're broken and hurting and bring healing to it. God loves to suddenly bring healing into your body. God loves to suddenly reconnect relationships, reconnect your family, reconnect. You to him that in a way that you've never been before, he loves to suddenly. Somebody say, Suddenly, he loves to suddenly. And the, and, the, and the crazy thing is, is that suddenly we love suddenlies, we love it. And I'll prove it to you if I, if somebody walked up to you after tonight and handed you ten thousand dollars out of nowhere, you'd be like, Yes, yes, versus and that's a suddenly, but if somebody walks up to you and goes, Hey, in 25 years, I'm gonna give you ten thousand dollars. You'd be like, yeah, y-. bro, 25 years, dog, right? Like, I could make 10,000 in 25 years, but we love the suddenly because our culture loves it. And I'll tell you, um, the other reason you love suddenlies is because you love Hot Pockets. Tell the truth, shame the devil. You love ramen noodles, right? You love being able to cook it in a minute and 30 seconds, right? Right? You love to be able, some of y'all are weird. I see some of y'all take the, the ramen like it's an Oreo and just like crack it off and pour a little powder in your mouth like bro you crazy dog right I promise you I will find you some hot water and we can make this actually food bro right like we love suddenly we love the quick right how many of y'all love uh, there's a great restaurant it's called in and out how many of y'all love in and out uh, the reason you like in and out is because you are in and out you are quick, right? And and, and and maybe some of you are like, no, it takes too long. And it's like, oh, right, it takes 11 minutes instead of seven minutes, right? Like, guys, you don't even understand, right? Like, we love McDonald's. Uh, well, we like the idea of McDonald's. <laughs> We like the idea of McDonald's. We love the fact that we could, the idea of, like, I could just get in, get some food, and keep going on my way, right? On road trips, we suddenly eat faster than we've ever eaten before, right? We're like, hey, can't stop. We got to keep going, right? How many of y'all have parents that are like, you will pee when I tell you to pee, right? Uh, yeah? Just me? Okay, there's a couple fan, a couple, a couple, friends I have in here. But we love suddenly. We love suddenly. We love now. We love when we walk in. Love at first sight. Huh. Right? We love, we love the suddenly like, yeah, I just walked in and I made the team. You're like, jerk, right? Like we love the sudden, like, oh man, we just had an instant connection. Right? We love those things because we love instant gratification. We love the suddenly because God designed us to love suddenlies, because he loves to work in suddenlies. He loves to work in suddenlies, which is why we love suddenlies. Um, The reason why suddenlies are so powerful is it grabs your attention, right? Uh, Suddenly! Oh, suddenly, suddenly you're paying attention, right? Some of y'all are like, oh, I should probably not be on my phone or talking so much to my friend. I love this corner. Yeah, oh, oh, she's taking notes. Okay, okay. This time. This time. Okay. The reason suddenlies are so powerful is it grabs our attention. It changes our focus, right? When you're focused, right, how many of y'all will zone out and you see nothing, right, and you're just zoning, right? But then you're focused. You can focus on something again, right? You can focus on one thing and suddenly do that because we start, the reason God loves them is because He starts. we start paying attention to him. The reason God loves suddenly is because we start paying better attention to him. He suddenly stops being the the ride-along in our life, and he suddenly becomes the center of our life during a suddenly. Um, We continue in in Saul's story. Um, God has healed his eyesight, and because of his encounter with Christ, he is now pursuing a relationship with God like never before, okay? His eyesight has been healed. The Bible actually says that scales fell off of his eyes like a snake skin. Uh, Right? Like how many of y'all have snakes? Raise your hand. Yep. Oh, disgusting. Right? Um. Why would you want the devil in your house? I'm just kidding. So, but here's the thing is like the scales come off his eyes. He suddenly healed, and we'll jump down Acts 9, starting in verse 19. Acts 9, 19, you can jump down a little bit. I'm gonna read, it'll be up on the screen. Saul stayed with the believers in Damascus. Check this out. This is who Paul literally was on mission to go kill. Woo. Talk about your enemies becoming your friends, right? And you're mad because a teacher doesn't like how much you talk in class. Hello. Right? You don't like somebody because, you know, they made fun of your outfit one day. Saul was literally about, he's like, oh, yeah, like three months ago I was going to, like, try and kill you guys. But is it cool if I hang out with you guys? What kind of Christian are you? If somebody was trying to kill you, would you be friends with them? Oh. Because God has called us to love our enemies. Oh. To love the people who don't like you. Not tolerate. Oh. Oh. Not just put up with, not just like, oh, I'll pray for them, maybe. It says to love your enemies. And that's where, Paul, that's where Saul is at. But watch this, verse 20, and immediately he began preaching about Jesus in the synagogue saying, he is indeed the son of God. Um, I love that it says he is immediately, um, if you feel like God has called you to do something, you don't have to wait for a certain age. You don't have to wait a certain time. You don't have to go like, well, I have to know God for at least three years, six months, and nine days before I can do that, Pastor Taylor. Um, No. No. Immediately, Saul steps into preaching, and he goes, he is indeed the Son of God, Jesus. Verse 21, all who heard him were amazed. Isn't this the same man? Check this out. Isn't this the same man who caused such devastation among Jesus' followers in Jerusalem, they asked. Man, there will be moments when a suddenly has happened. And other people still choose to identify you by your previous season. And you've got a choice to make. Do I go back to what I was or do I embrace the suddenly? Do I go back and be like, yeah, you're right. I was a jerk. I was all those things. Yeah, I am messed up. I am broken. Or do you step into the suddenly that God has for you? And watch what happens. And didn't he come here to arrest them and take them in chains to the leading priest? Verse 22, Saul keeps on preaching after they said this. Do you keep on after somebody makes a comment, or do you stop? Saul's preaching became more and more powerful, and the Jews in Damascus couldn't refute his proofs that Jesus was indeed the Messiah. The people who were hating suddenly came to believe, because he embraced, because he embraced the suddenly. Saul has now completely changed his life, not because of a cool light show. Oh, hello. Hello not because of how awesome the worship team led, not because they they got a TV out of the the, the night. Saul didn't change his life because there's a cute girl who's a Christian. Saul didn't change his life because the cute boy that they're trying to go after is a Christian. Saul changed his life because God encountered him, which means he can maintain it. Because it's not about a person, it's not about a thing he's after. It's because God did it suddenly in his life. Saul had such a powerful encounter with God. Um, they actually read on. They actually change his name from Saul to Paul. Right? You're like, man, you could have picked any name in the world, and you changed the first letter. Right? Like, right? Like you could have. But the reason why is because Paul meant something in that culture. If you look and study what the term Paul means and what the name means, you can study it for yourself. But he was different. After experiencing a suddenly. Um, I'm going to speak to some of the people who have been in church for a long time for a moment. If this is your first time, you get to listen in on the, the pastor kind of lights the people up. Some of y'all have been in church so long, you're used to suddenlies. Mm. Some of y'all have been in church so long, your mom and dad put you in church, your grandma drives you, your grandpa drives you. You've been a part of church so long, you've gotten used to suddenlies. You're like, yeah, I just, like, come into God's presence, and, like, you know, he does something, and then I just go live my life. There's a suddenly that changes everything, but it can only change us if our heart is open to it, and that brings me to the next point in my message. Are you open to his suddenly? Because here's the thing about, about suddenlies is that if you're in a church that's awesome or you're connected to God and you've like, you're listening to the worship and you've got maybe parents who've loved God for their entire life, you get used to his presence because, you know, oh, I just do this every Wednesday, every Thursday, every Sunday, I just am used to this. But I tell you that really what getting used to God's presence is, it's your heart hardening. Woo really what that is when you get used to this your heart has hardened your heart has hardened because you've gotten so used to god's presence you've gotten so used to maybe you go to a christian school maybe you go to other maybe you go to other youth ministries or you've been to church before and it doesn't like oh well it used to be good but now it doesn't it's because your heart has hardened and god is willing and able to soften that heart but you've got to be open to the suddenly you've got to be open to the suddenly. Uh, can I tell you God loves us suddenly, but my favorite part about God is that he's a gentleman. Uh, somebody say gentleman. We don't really know what gentleman means anymore, right? You're like, Well, I got her door one time, right? Like, no, 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 a gentleman is how you operate, right? It's not just like, oh, I put a bow tie on, right? Right? Y'all, y'all, y'all seen those guys who were like, Oh, I tied this bow tie myself, and it's really a clip on, right? Like, nah, dog, you didn't you didn't tie that. Right? And I think the thing is, is that we sometimes have thought gentlemen is, is how we dress or how we talk or how we do those things. Gentlemen is about heart. Gentlemen is about heart. And God is a gentleman because he will not, ins- he will not overwhelm you. He won't overpower you. He won't force you. He'll give you an opportunity. He'll ask you. He'll ask you, hey, do you want to come into a relationship with me? Hey, do you want to? And can I tell you this? Are you willing to let him be the gentleman, cause some of y'all, woo, some of y'all ladies, I've seen it. Like you're like, no, I'm a, I'm an independent woman, mm. right? Mm. Right, I'm an independent woman. And then my favorite thing is like, hey, I can't reach this on the top shelf. Can you help? Maybe that's a little too real. Um, I love you. You're like, I'm an independent woman. Gets into the car. Right? Just kidding. I love, I love, I love that you're independent. But I think there's something too how we were designed. As, as a woman, you are a prize who is to be cherished, who is to be valued, who is to be sacrificed for. And that requires a gentleman, not just a bum off the street, not just a bum who can talk to other girls, not just somebody who's a football player, not just somebody who's cute, not somebody who's got all the Instagram followers. is somebody who is a gentleman because of heart, not because of how they dress, not because of how they act. And I want to ask this. Um... Are you willing to let him have a suddenly in your life? Because here's the last point in my message, and and David, you can make your way up here. Experiencing God's presence is life-changing. Letting God be the gentleman is life-changing. And I think the reason why we sometimes wrestle, why we sometimes struggle with this, is because we've never really seen what a real gentleman looks like. We've never really seen what real life change is really like. We, we see some Christians who are okay on Sunday, but then they're a jerk on the week. We've seen some Christians who pretend to have it all together, and then they're mistreating their family, they're abusing, they're, they're taking advantage of, and they're not really who they say they are. But I would argue it's because they've stopped letting the suddenlies happen. Have you stopped letting the suddenlies happen? Have you stopped being open To what God wants to do, right now, in a moment, as simple as one moment in time, God can change everything. We say it this way at at Zion City: we say one encounter with God can change everything. One encounter, one suddenly, can change your entire life. Maybe you're coming to this place and you're like, "Man, I'm I'm hurting. My knee hurts." My back hurts. I've I've hurt my shoulder. I've done these sorts of things. One moment with God and there can be healing in your body. That's what I believe. Maybe you don't have faith for it. I got faith for you. Maybe you come into this place and you're like, man, my family's really broken. I I have the stories to tell you that there are families who come into this place or a family member or a student who comes in and goes, would you pray for my parents? Would you pray that they would stop fighting, that they would stop, that they would get back together? And then those things happen, not because of some super awesome marriage counseling, not because they did all the little checks and boxes, but because God did a suddenly in their family. He loves to suddenly and his presence is life-changing. Psalm 27 verse four says this. Y'all still with me? Y'all still with me? Y'all ain't tired, right? Come on, y'all still with me? Okay. Psalm 27 verse four says this. One thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most. We sing this song. One thing I ask is to be with you. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. That doesn't mean the church. The house of the Lord is, is often in context referred to as his presence. Man, you can't live here. <laughs> you can't live at the church 24-7. I, I know some of y'all sometimes wish because school is hard. There's, there's people who are bullying you. There's tough things that are happening. There's things at home. And you're like, man, if I could just stay on Wednesday, if this could just last forever, I could do it. I could be okay. But God doesn't really call us to just stay in the church forever, to stay in a building forever. He calls us into his presence. He calls us into his presence. Delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. That's the building in his temple, spending time there. Psalm 1611 says this, You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. I asked if you're open for a suddenly, but now I want to ask, are you believing for a suddenly? You can be open, but you can be like, oh, you know, if God wants to do it, cool. Like, I'm not going to fight him, but I'm also not believing that God's going to do something. Because here's what I believe. I believe that you could come in to God's presence every single time, not just here, but tomorrow morning when you wake up, you could go into God's presence and believe that God is going to do something in your life. Because God loves the suddenly. He doesn't, he's, he's not a God who's like relegated to Wednesdays and Sundays. He wants to do a suddenly in your life. But are you believing for it? Are you believing, God, I believe that you can do this. God, I believe that you can bring healing to my body. God, I believe that you can change everything in one moment. Are you believing for a suddenly? And can I tell you, if you're like me, there's a part of your life that you're looking at as I've been talking, and you go, that's gotta change. <laughs> I need a suddenly right here. <laughs> I need a suddenly in my body. I need a suddenly in my heart. I need a suddenly in my family. I need a suddenly in my job. I need a suddenly in my coworkers. I need a suddenly in my studies. I need a suddenly it with my professor. I need a suddenly to happen. Because this isn't how this isn't how God is called. This isn't what's right. This isn't what I desire. This is not what God has told me it's going to be. And can I tell you, can I be vulnerable for a little bit? There was a moment when I was asking for a suddenly, and I was probably 17 years old, maybe 18. I might have been 18. I'm 18 years old. I'm wide-eyed, bushy, bushy bushy-tailed. 18 being an adult is awesome. And then real life hit. Do I have any people who have experienced that moment, right? (laughs) Real life hits and you're like, ooh, taxes, right? Ooh, gas prices, ooh, I got to register for stuff, ooh, right? You suddenly have to like manage things and you're like, oh man, can't I just go back to like playground in kindergarten and like try to get all the way across the monkey bars as fast as I can? Let me go back there, right? And I think the reason why, I think, and, and, I, and I'm 18, and I've been struggling. I've been struggling with my entire life. I've been struggling with purity. I've been struggling with looking at pornography. I've been struggling to, at, at, at struggling with those things and, and choosing that identity and being wrapped up and finding something immediate, something quick fix, something that will make me feel good for a little bit, and then I can move on with my life because I'm not really satisfied with who I really am i 'm really disappointed in in, in what i 've become or what i 've chosen to be, and so I try and find a disconnect for a little bit, and maybe it 's not porn for you, but it might be something. it might be that show, it might be that video game, it might be that 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 conversation, it might be that relationship, and you're choosing and 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 i 'll just speak for me, I was choosing that thing in my moments of weakness, and then I would leave that moment and I would feel so, con- so condemned. I would feel like I'm the dirtiest. I would feel like, man, God, how could you love me? I'd feel like, man, God, how could you even look at me? God, you told me that I'm going to be a pastor. How can I ever do this? God, you've given me this relationship. There's this girl that I want to marry. How could I possibly be the man, be the husband that she needs, be eventually the father? And then, the, and then as things get a little more real, as you get a little bit more mature in your adulthood, there's suddenly not a safety net. There's suddenly not a safety net to be like, oh, well, you know, you're 17, you'll figure it out. You're like, no, dude, I'm an adult. If I don't figure it out, I don't eat. And that pressure was, was, was leaning on me. And I came into a service just like this. <laughs> and, and the crazy thing was, is I tried to do it in my own power. I'd been like, okay, I'm just gonna, just gonna be really strong. And no, look at that stuff. And I would try my hardest. And I'd have a little bit of success, and then I'd mess up. And then I'd go, I'll never do that again. And can I tell you that that's failed thinking? (laughs) Because if you could have stopped, you would have stopped. If you could have beaten it, you would have beaten it. And I know this is a sobering message. You're like, Pastor Taylor, we're supposed to have fun and eat popcorn tonight, and it's youth. But here's what I believe. I believe that there can be a suddenly tonight. That right where you're at, if you're a leader, if you're a student, if it's your first time or your 5,000th time, that God wants to do a suddenly in your heart. So here's here's what I want to do. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes all across this place? And worship team, would you make your way up here? Maybe you're in this room <laughs> and you're like, Pastor Taylor, that was that was a little too real. <laughs> That's maybe where you're living right now. You say, Pastor Taylor, I'm I'm struggling with some stuff. I'm struggling. I need Jesus. Before we continue, can I just have the, the altar team get into place right now? If, if you're on the altar team, would you just get up and move and get into place right now? And if you're a student in here, all heads bowed, all eyes closed, this is between you and Jesus, nobody else. If you're in this place and you'd say, Pastor Taylor, whoo, I hear you talking about Jesus. I heard you talking about Saul and how he became Paul and how Jesus did a suddenly in his life and stepped in and changed everything. And if you're in this place and you say, Pastor Taylor, I need a suddenly. Pastor Taylor, I need a suddenly. I'm hurting. I'm broken. I've messed up. I need a suddenly. If you're in this place and you'd say, that's, that's me, Pastor Taylor. I'm I want to pray for you, but before we do that, if you're in this place and you'd say, Pastor Taylor, I've never made a decision to follow Jesus. I've never made a decision to have real relationship with him. Uh, Or maybe you've made that decision, but you've walked away from Jesus and you need to give your life to Jesus. You need to give up all your ideas, your concepts, your plan, and give it to Jesus and say, Jesus, I need you to be first in my life. I need to trust you because can I tell you this? The greatest decision you'll ever make is letting Jesus take control. The greatest decision of your life will not be what college you go to, who you marry. It will be choosing to either leave Lead your own life or let Jesus lead you through life. That is the greatest decision you'll make. And if that's you tonight, you say, Pastor Taylor, that's me. I need somebody to pray for me. I need to pray that prayer of salvation. If that's you, I'm going to count to three and I want you to get out of your seat and I want you to come find somebody up here. On the count of three, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. This is between you and Jesus. One, two, three three if that's you get up and step out of your seat get up and step out of your seat I'm so proud of you so proud of you. if they as they make their way up can we just celebrate them can we put our hands together come on come on guys with guys girls with girls guys with guys girls with girls there's a ton of leaders over here there's a ton of leaders over here girls right over here worship team can we just begin to worship right now Here's what I want you to do. If you're in your seat, would you stand to your feet all across this place? And we're just going to go ahead and worship. We're just going to spend some time with Jesus right now. We're not done with the altar, but we're going to let these get prayed for right now to make a decision, to make a decision to follow Christ for the first time or the first time in a long time. Come on, can we sing? Can you just sing?